Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. probe did you notice in the 90s that um the cars that ford put out all had a funny name if you put like uh anal in front of it like the anal taurus the anal excursion the anal explorer anal probe anal escape the anal f-150 am i doing this right no you're not you're not at all there's a lot of good ones though I guess it went over to the to to Chevy too with the anal cruise, the anal Impala. I still don't think I'm getting this. <laughs> You're not getting it. Uh, you didn't play that game with me. So the reason we're talking about probes, yeah, which are definitely not domestic. Yes, is we've actually had a lot of forward progress and even more backward mm-hmm. progress. I thought you said forward pro- progress, for- forward, okay. We've had a lot of forward <laughs> progress and even more backward progress in the world of aliens. Um, mm, yeah. I'm not sure who has been following along. You don't really have to, but if you have been, uh, we had uh, an interesting hearing in the U.S., and then we had an even worse one in Mexico just I think today um, where a bunch of legitimate things came out and then they were all mired by a ton of illegitimate things so mm-hmm. pretty rough in terms of disclosure because a bunch of debunked things get put into the spotlight and just really poison the well but I think to talk about whether aliens exist, whether we're alone in this universe, I think that's territory that has been covered ad nauseum. What I'm more interested in discussing is how we would handle disclosure in the society that we often push for, if we're going to call it Ancapistan or something. But... I think a lot of the conversations right now about disclosure have to do with the government. And if there isn't a government, of course, there's nothing to disclose. But it also begs the question of where does that information go? Who collects that information? Who investigates that? Who do we send them to when they inevitably land and say, take me to your leader if we don't have a leader? Well, wherever they land, whoever's property that is, is the leader. And we'll soon come up and tell them, hey, it's like $1,100 to park a spacecraft here. Well, and let's, let's, let's think about that. Like, I know that's kind of silly, but following that down, if they don't have any money. Right. They don't. They don't have money because 
Well, they ha- they probably do have some sort of money, I would think. Any civilization that works together would have to have some sort of median medium of exchange. But if we don't have a common medium of exchange between us, the two, the aliens and the humans, then we're just really relegated back to like trade, right? Yeah, but I would even go so far as to say they might not have a medium of exchange, let alone one that overlaps with us. But I think it's a very like human-centric approach to value in general to assume that trade would have evolved in other solar systems or galaxies. Because if we were to okay. say, let, let's just look at the well, animals. Well, then there's a, there's a very good point to be made that they wouldn't ask for a leader either because they might not be a tribal species that would ever even look for a leader. True, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they may take property rights and view them quite differently than we do. Maybe they assume that your only property is yourself and anything outside of yourself is worth exploring or consuming if it's in front of you and if it's not it doesn't matter and if, well, if we were to think about it like let's say going the other direction in terms of like sentience or level of intelligence the way that we think about intelligence is of course human centric as well but if we say okay well how to how to antelope take in the world how to ants take in the world how to bees right. take in the world like they they all process things differently and if they were our size and a little bit more intelligent, we would not be interacting with them in the ways that we do now. And what does that look like if that species comes from another planet and starts to see the world the way that they see it and not the way they see it? The good thing about, let's say, a bee style, uh, uh, I don't know what you would say, but a society... Uh, bees don't aren't aggressive towards other things. They they're protective. They're defensive, but they don't. They're not aggressive. They don't. Um, they typically just want to be left alone to do their thing. So, yes, they don't understand private property. So they will build a beehive in your house, right? And you've got to have somebody come and remove it. But the cool thing about that is, let's say, even though this this alien is so smart it was able to get here, right? <laughs> but it's not able to understand that we believe in private property for some reason, and it builds a beehive in our house, right? Well, if you can remove the beehive or whatever and place it in a area that is similar, there... The bees are only upset while you're moving the hive. As soon as you place the hive somewhere similar, they're just trying to get back to work. So whose whose property do you move the hive to? And who absorbs the cost of the property moving? Right? Like if so if we just think about it of scale. I would think that in in our society we look for profit reasons for this to happen. So 
most likely there would be a free market solution that would be oh there's a there's a financial benefit to them being here there's something they produce or just come look at the bee people uh i'll charge you money you know or um there, there could be anything i mean they could produce they could produce energy you know we don't who knows what they're making right so there's going to be a financial, somebody will think of some way to make money on them being somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. Like the, the innovation and motivation. So it, for, it won't for be that. on anybody to take on that burden. It'll be a entrepreneur who welcomes that burden for a future profit. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll be a problem at all. I think I'm just trying to figure out where on the spectrum this sits between bees building something on your property versus your neighbor building something on your property. Because mm. I think we would treat those very differently, right? The, Absolutely. The idea of bees building something on your property, you take as your responsibility right they don't know any better they're just doing what they're programmed to do right therefore you don't take it personally you don't take it as an affront to your right to property if a person builds something on your property even if it's the same size if they make something that's some approximation of a beehive but that's them making a claim of your property as opposed to the bees they're not really making a claim of your property they're just doing their thing well and if a person does that, are they doing that because they're making a claim or because they don't understand property rights? No, we understand property. We inherently understand property rights. Like there are mental disabilities that could stop that, but well, like we a all child. know that. Yeah, we all know that. Even a child knows that I've got this rattle, and then when somebody takes it from them, they cry. You know, it's my rattle. You know. They might not understand they can't take a rattle from somebody else yet, but they do understand that that was their rattle. So there's something natural to property rights. It's not something that we learn. It's something that we we feel, we understand. It's part of humanity. It's not a social construct. But if, if you have a rattle on your person and you're currently playing with it, that's different than property that's apart from you physically so it is it is because let's say you have 10, more, 10 rattles none a, of which you're playing with and someone takes one a, of them most kids won't respond in that way right it's a it's a more advanced version of property rights but you know i was speaking to the to the to the child so as you grow up you learn that as you put your your labor to something and you make a home or a you purchase a home or you build a home we understand that's our home but a kid who's born into that home will say that's my home right and they don't they don't really they didn't do all those things they don't understand all the nuance 
reasons why it's their home, but they do understand it's their home. And as they get older and they rebel and they want to have things of their own, they start to realize all the ins and outs of private property. And while they may not embrace the idea of private property, typically it's people who either live on the stolen dollar or don't have any private property who <laughs> tend to say these things. But um, we all know what it is. And I think it's more interesting to think about an alien civilization that comes into the world understanding the idea of private property. Um, because it it uh, it really, really changes how or who or when you would want to speak to them or how you would want to communicate with them. Because right now we have a central government that would hide technology and, you know, make a, a, a treaty or some shit like that. But if it was, say we didn't have a government, we had private entities that did not have government contracts that were doing space things. Right. And one of them, communicates with this alien um, civilization and they either that company either finds something finds this to be maybe a lucrative business deal Uh, they could either try to have a contract where they keep it hush hush from everybody else you know like uh, companies do with technology and whatnot or even um collaborations with other companies they try to keep that hush hush sometimes like bmw and toyota with the supra so they could do that or they they could be open about their communication and uh maybe that helps them to sell something that they were able to communicate with the aliens through or whatever some sort of lucrative business deal that they can come up with to make money on the situation and uh eventually it comes to trade with the aliens so with governments they're always worried about war or peace or some sort of treaty or whatever it's only as good as the word or whatever Um, but with humans we find um even with large governments uh that if we are trading a lot of goods back and forth, making money back and forth, our businesses and whatnot, war doesn't cross the borders when free trade does because there's a lot to lose if you go to war with the person you're trading with. So we would want the first communication between aliens and humans to be some sort of at least if they believed in private property of any kind that, or they at least had an understanding of our belief in it, that you have trade happening first, because now there's a benefit to peaceful communication, a financial benefit, meaning that if you are a greedy piece of shit person, you're still going to do the right thing because there's a financial benefit for peace. Well, and this is why I don't love giving 
the state not only a monopoly on violence and other things, but a monopoly on the research, communication, and contact with these other planets, other societies, other civilizations, because Mm -hmm. as we've discovered, unfortunately, most of the nations of, let's just say, the West Mm -hmm. and a handful more are real big into war and have not had a great track record in doing anything to avoid war and, in fact, are very excited by war. Mm. So if we were to just take it for granted for a moment that, yes, there are other societies out there, there are other planets, other species, whatever you want to say, and assume one step further that we have made contact by way of these secret government programs. We've got, you know, alien technology that we're looking to reverse engineer and we have made contact through whatever these programs are. I'm not entirely confident that the state would not have brought us to the verge of war such that we find out we're at war by them showing up. Yeah. Whereas we would have been able to avoid that if there were proper disclosure and instead of them speaking on our behalf, making whatever negotiations are afoot, we would have each been able to make individual negotiations, which, like you say, generally do not lead to war. Correct. They can lead lead to uh, differences. Like um, you love Quick Trip, I would prefer to go to racetrack. But we still do a podcast together and don't hurt each other over that. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> and just because I've firebombed a couple of racetracks doesn't mean that I'm actually at war with them. Correct. It just means that I didn't think those particular locations needed to exist anymore. (laughs) I feel like I was doing the community a favor. Yeah, The greater good is what we would call that. They built them back bigger, better. They're they're tremendous. The racetracks. (laughs) Superb. No, I'm a racetrack guy because I have a diesel. I mean, it's really the difference for me did the quick trips around you not have diesel they some of them do it's just that quick trip doesn't always have diesel and racetrack they don't they all have diesel it's like a thing so they even put they put diesel on every pump at racetrack that's kind of their their thing so if so if we were to all just be speculating like do gas stations exist instead of saying, well, yeah, they do. And we get to decide which ones we interact with and which ones we don't. And maybe I have formed a relationship with one alien species and you've formed one with the other and to each his own. Right. And what if one day it's just more convenient for me to go hang out with the other alien species? And I do. And we're all cool. 
and I can still go back to the one that I prefer. I mean, this that just sounds like so much more. Uh, it just seems like we have so much more through options with the aliens if we're all interacting individually or however as opposed to a central government saying these aliens are the good aliens or these aliens are good right now as long as they keep paying us in ore or whatever oil whatever we're as long as they only trade their their super crystals in U.S. dollars to other countries, we will continue to be friends with them. You know, even if they do fund the the next airplane that flies into our buildings, we'll still be friends with them as long as they trade in U.S. dollars. <laughs> in fact, yeah. We'll, what does it look like shifting from the petrodollar to the probe dollar <laughs> hey your guess is as good as mine i just hope i can convince these aliens to use bitcoin you know what i mean make that make that money grow just saying digital we can send signals we don't even have to no cash register i mean think about it come on aliens think about it bitcoin way to go even gold's not good for like a space shuttle think about it it's heavy bitcoin honestly they alien species could tip the scales in terms of gold or bitcoin yeah like if if because imagine someone imagine the same bee species landed in your yard and started building a beehive but that beehive makes gold that would put yeah, you good. at a very real advantage for a little while until like gold got to there's as you're flooding the markets with gold gold goes down in value i mean at first though you'd be banking like the first guy to get the the gold beehive that guy that guy gets it that guy makes it big well and he has but he has to invest his gold that. into like other things. That, that's that's luck of the draw, right? Like, so if an alien, because we assume, again, we're projecting like our scale to other planets. Like, what if yeah. a, a, another planet is inhabited by a single being, and that being just happens to land in your yard and make a bunch of gold for you? Like, that gives you a very real advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's, such is life. You know, we all have our ups and downs, man. I mean, how many times have you heard the story of the bags of cocaine landing in somebody's yard? You know what I mean? Not all of us can be that lucky. It's a trap, there's no con-